0: Hello and welcome back to The Real Alpha podcast. For anyone who doesn't know me, I'm Abby, and I'm an actress and voiceover artist in Portugal and I've been working with Aaron on these podcasts for the last few weeks. Today it's Aaron's turn in the hot seat and I'm the one asking all the questions. Welcome, Aaron. How does it feel?
1: Yeah, it's uh, it's exciting, Abby. Thank you for setting this up and turning the mic back onto me. It's not something I'm used to, but probably something you should get used to as a podcast host at at some stage, interview yourself, share with the crowd, share with the people that are listening and help them understand a bit more about you as a person. So yeah, good idea, Abby. Thanks for that.
0: That's all right. How does it feel? Nervous?
1: How does it feel? Oh, not too nervous now, but um, (laughs) I think we've had a few weeks to think about it and uh, you've put together some great questions as well. So it's really helpful to have a look at the questions before you're going to be interviewed. It's not like... uh, (laughs) Not not, not like you're a journo or anything.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you don't know that though, do you? (laughs) I might sell this to the papers.
1: (laughs) Yeah, hopefully not, but you know.
0: (laughs) Well, I've been down with the lurgy and Aaron has had a bee sting. One excuse. So we haven't actually managed to get together for a few weeks to do this podcast, but I'm actually just going to go into a brief introduction as to who Aaron is and what he does. And then we'll dive right into the questions for the day. Aaron was born and raised in Sydney, Australia. I don't know what date. or um, year, but we don't need to know that. Um, Aaron is a human factors and safety specialist and a director at Critical Alpha. He has ten years experience in defence and five years experience in consulting, providing advice, services, products across the defence, government, and transport and infrastructure, energy resources, and for non not for profit markets. Wow, Aaron, what what a mouthful! You have done a lot <laughs> so far.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's, uh, it's always interesting hearing your bio read
0: out. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, this is your life. <laughs> You've done quite quite a lot of things here. So um, I'm not just reading this for the first time, by the way, everyone. Um, I found this really, really interesting. He's a lot smarter than me. Um, <laughs> as an experienced safety and human factors professional with hands-on domestic and international safety experiences, strong academic background and professional knowledge, Helps to deliver his pragmatic safety and risk, sorry, I will start again, and risk management solutions to the transport industry. Aaron prides himself on his ability to relate business outcomes to successful risk and assurance activities, with practi- practical experience in the implementation of safety management systems integrated with with performance metrics and quality assurance. Now that is actually, no offence to you, but it, it's a kind of like Japanese to me, um, but I'm really interested to know more about this.
1: <laughs> Basically, it's a whole range of like tech, technical yes. skills that I can bring to help other people mm-hmm. solve problems. So that's all I sort of see myself as like help, help people solve problems and I guess it kind of ties into like critical alpha aspect, which yeah. is more like less technical, more more soft skills. So Absolutely. it's a bit of a, a different. It's a bit of a different way to look at things. Help how, how we help people, but yeah. yeah, it's exciting. It's um, I guess it's not something that people measure measure or manage. It's more something that's new to the market. I guess in personal development. So
0: yeah,
1: yeah it's it's so really like exciting. In Hopefully. brief,
0: you help people. <laughs>
1: That's what I try to see myself as just a helper at high Absolutely. level. Um and then you can break it down like, yeah, I do this, I do that. It depends on the audience that if depends on the audience as to who you're talking to. Yeah. And I like to keep it simple and help people understand that yeah, I'm here to help. Um, I'm a free resource for you to sort of tap into, especially if I'm contracted or something like that. It's like, well yeah. you know, people people Absolutely. want your help and they want your expertise and generally A lot of people I work with have been in their same industry for a long time. And I come with a bit of a background in different industries. And I've come across lots of different problems that people had had to get solved. And um, it's always good to bring different perspectives to people and go help them understand how it's worked in other industries and things. And then go, hey, you know, what about this sort of one or two, one, two, three options? And we can go from there.
0: So. absolutely and um you've got experience in the aviation defense and rail sectors um you've so just far, basically yeah. so just <laughs> only that um you know you've <laughs> you've just sort of almost described the next part of my of my my uh, little bio about you um <laughs> delivering the best best practice solutions basically using a pr- pragmatic approach um and your focus is on providing value driven results, which is basically what you're just trying to trying to achieve really as well, and what you've just said. Um and hopefully bring confidence yeah. to people as well.
1: I'm always, yeah, asking that question like, you know, when we're trying to solve a problem or if we're, you know, part of a bigger, larger meeting or something like that. I'm always asking myself what the you know, what are we trying to achieve, you know, and are we delivering value? Like are we actually yeah. quality. Even if even if If the contract says we have to do X, Y, Z, Um, what's the bigger picture? Are we moving towards something that's going to be, you know, value driven? So always looking at that for whoever I work with.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Now, I don't know if, well, some people might know this, but you have recently published your book, Critical Alpha, Adjust Your Angle of Attack, which is available on Amazon um, and also an MVP app. Please explain what an MVP app is, Aaron.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. Um, so <laughs> I'm still new to the whole app world and the book writing world, really. Um, but I've got the Critical Alpha book and basically it's about maybe over 12 months worth of work where I sort of wanted to put together an idea where, which was unique. Um, I had the app idea first and I was like, how am I going to implement the app without giving people instruction? You know, it's kind of like chicken, <laughs> chicken or the egg. Um, and I, I sort of thought, well, I can't be like a hypocrite and do what some of my clients do and roll out a system and then not give them instructions or anything or how to use it or training or anything. So yeah. I was like, well, you know what? Don't I need to through. do both. <laughs> <laughs> so the book is like uh, the instruction or the, the methodology and then the app is like the tool. So it's sort of like... Yeah. It's like a package deal, uh, relatively low cost as well. Because um, I wanted to bring something unique and cutting, cutting through all of the um, current market that's out there. So there's a lot of um, uh, like elec- executive coaches out there um, and personal coaches that yeah. charge like a lot for their services. So the only way to be different and separate myself is to do something that's different and better. And that's sort of what I think it is. So I mean, without the ego, absolutely. <laughs> so it's sort of like, well, I need to put something <laughs> together that's going to help people, and yeah, and deliver an immense amount of value in a package. And so, hopefully, yeah. I'm doing that. It's just a slow process to market. I haven't had a lot of experience in marketing, so yeah, still learning the marketing approach. But yeah, oh,
0: absolutely. And um, I suppose it's kind of like a. A journey for you as well as other people. Like I know it's about their sort of personal development, but I guess for you it's probably quite therapeutic. Maybe perhaps
1: it it can be. Uh, I didn't find like I thought. You know what, writing is easy. I'm a good writer. I can write for days and and stuff. But <laughs> once you put in like a solid effort of writing in a day, it can be like quite exhausting because, um, what I found was it's helpful to write um, what you're thinking at the time. Definitely. But the problem I had was uh, I I had set topics out and I was like, all right, I'm going to write this and then I'm going to write this in sequences. And I had a a go at that, but then I found that some topics were really long. Some weren't very long at all. So I had like this disproportionate (laughs) chapters and then – and then I went off on tangents where I talked about myself a lot and I told too many personal stories that just I didn't think <laughs> I was ready to tell, you know. I was like, hmm, I don't know if I want this out there that I, you know, got up to this kind of mischief when I was a, like a, a kid or whatever. And I'm like, I don't know if it's relevant either. It's Maybe it's not relevant. So I had to like, I had to go through some serious iterations to cull some stuff and then add some stuff because I was like, once you rewrite and then you reread it, you're like, you got to reread it a number of times and that can get exhausting. It's like, wow. Yeah. Like, Cause I self published as well. Cause I didn't want to, I wanted to go through the self publishing just to see what it's like, you know, <laughs> understand the ins and, in, and the outs of publishing. Um, I was going to go down the other route of professional publishing, but, um, I don't know, just something drew me towards self publishing where it was my own written word. It was my own name on the line. And, uh, then I can put all the credibility yeah. on myself, but I can also put the success or failure on myself too. So, yeah,
0: yeah. And I suppose you don't need like confirmation from anyone. Then it's like, well, if it works, it works. But at least you know you've tried, and you don't have to sort of get anyone else's yeah opinion. Or well, I suppose you're always going to get opinions on you. But
1: I would love opinions because <laughs> it's it's like a feedback uh, mechanism. You know, it's something that I can improve it on. Um, yeah. The best part about self publishing is I can just update the update the content. So um That's at any given cool. date, um the new new version will be out. So it's like really good to do updates with, which is good, helpful. Yeah, so, absolutely. The Very part good. of having a um M V P sort of product is that you're you're a small company and you're more agile. So Yeah. Yeah, you can make decisions quickly and move quicker. So
0: Brilliant. Well, let's dive into the questions. We've only just touched on a few questions so far. So my first question for you, Aaron, is please tell us a little bit about your early days, your upbringing, how your life has shaped you into the person that you are today. So not much. <laughs> <It's a really laughs> both on a professional and <laughs> personal level. It's a very wide, wide one, but both, both professionally and, and personally, I guess, however much you want to divulge, really.
1: Yeah, it's just always no like you don't know where to start, but essentially like I'll just start I grew up in in uh Sydney when I was up up to up to when I was 5 and then my parents moved to Canberra and then I lived there until I was 18 and then basically joined defence when I was 18 so uh for one reason or another I ended up in defence my my grandfather was in the navy and uh he he passed when i was 13 so he was like a central figure in my life and when i turned 18 i knew that um this was the path for me i was gonna go navy and then i was like no i don't want to be out to sea nine months of the year and then i was like oh maybe army you know army could be fun and then i was like well i don't want to be out in the bush for nine months of the year (laughs) So i was like oh, maybe air force might be good you know um and then I looked into some of the roles and I was like, oh, aircraft technician sounds like me, you know, did all ticked all the boxes um, Then I went through the aptitude tests, then got, got the right score, which was important. And um, yeah, basically it was from go to woe, maybe four months and I was in. Um, so it was kind of crazy how easy it was to get in um, for me personally. Um, but uh Ironically it's not a lot of there wasn't a lot of planning up front. It was sort of like I didn't make it into uni, uh, because I was such a little terror, you know, <laughs> during my teen years, you know, didn't concentrate too much. I, I got the right scores but didn't get high enough for uni, unfortunately. So my plan B was going down the trades route, you know, either either traditional trades or trades in the defence. So then I was like, Well, I'll go defence and travel, travel the world, see different things, and uh, the idea was to earn more money like quicker. <laughs> so it's always like that sort of um,
0: <laughs> that
1: uh, what is it? Uh, the instant gratification of uh, a teenager sort of approach. So it was, <laughs> you know, ironic, but it <laughs> is what it is. <laughs> um, I did that, but then I when I got into that trade. Um, well, there was a twist at the start of my career. So I ended up doing avionics instead of aircraft because the recruiter told me that there was like a wait list for aircraft, which is like a mechanical trade versus electrical. Mm-hmm. And he was like, yeah, basically, uh, electrical is the same thing, except uh, you're more on electronics and stuff. And you've got the right score, so you can do it. And you can jump jo- join, you know, in April. And I'm like, oh, okay. Um Well, my mum's driving me crazy because I didn't get into uni, so maybe I should just join, you know. (laughs) I didn't think about the consequences of that. And I was like, yeah, joined. And then I had instant regret once I made it into the training side of things. I I just wasn't coping, didn't have any interest in the electronics training. There was like nine months in a classroom versus what could have been 12 months hands-on,
0: Yeah,
1: um, which would would have been much more interesting. But I failed the course, (laughs) failed it failed it with flying colors and it was like my first in, first major failure in life it was like really hard to deal with because I, I almost lost my job you know I lost almost like went from like oh golden child to maybe you don't have the job anymore Oh no! <laughs> so they gave me like this um they gave me a, a non-technical job to do for a couple of years to sort of uh re myself and then I could I had the choice to come back and study again, and um, long story short, I went through the went through like a human resources role um, for I think eighteen months, and then I came back as an aircraft structures technician, wow. and that was like a something I chose. It was it's a more of a specialist role. It's not so much mechanical, but mm-hmm. there is a mix between. We had like eighteen months course, and some of that was mechanical. Some of it was um, a little bit electrical, but mainly structures. So more like um, metals and alloys and carbon fibres. So really interesting stuff. All the big um, stuff. <laughs> yeah, but I didn't have any background in the hand skill side of things, so it, it kind of made it hard. But in a way, that kind of forged my forged my success for the rest of my life because. Um, I was forced to learn and I was always behind. So it was always like the last person to finish any any of the exercises. Um, I was last to leave the classroom. People always finished their stuff early. But then yeah. what I started to realize was um, a lot of people weren't checking their work. And so I was like pedantic because I wanted to do it right. And I also had that fear of failure because of what happened with my first course. Yeah. So I was like, well, now I need to get it right. So I was like, basically, I was like, I was a bit older than some of the other guys because mainly when you join, you're 18, 19. So by this time I was like, I think I, I think I was like 22, 23. And so mm-hmm. I had a bit of life experience and I was like, I'm not going back here to, to this training environment to fail. You know, I'm here to succeed. So I was like, I'm just here for one reason is to win. And I, I, by winning was to me was passing because I was like, I knew that I knew the feeling of failure and I was like, I just don't want that feeling ever again. You know, just it yeah. felt so bad. So I was like, I just had that. I'm going to do whatever I can to pass this course, and yeah, that meant you know, it meant a lot of things because like I was like, well, I can, I can do whatever I can, which means. I can stay up late, I can do all nighters i can I can eat later um, you know at some stages of the course, I didn't have dinner or lunch because I found out I figured out I could get more time in the classroom to study and stuff yeah, so and then, in the end, it kind of really did forge this sort of success mindset because it was like I'm not failing. <laughs> So I was happy that I wasn't failing. Um, we started out with 15 people, had five at the end. Um, so it was like, it's a hard course, but not that, yeah. not impossible. Like it's just that some people didn't, didn't study, you know, so.
0: And I suppose that probably, like you say, that that probably like shaped your way to, to drive you for for your future in anything that you do now. You have that drive. Yeah,
1: I mean, it, it really opened my eyes because uh, when I was at that, early stage of my career when um I failed that course uh it really played on my mind like I thought maybe I wasn't smart like um it's sort of one of those weird things that you can sort of buy into when you're young you know like if if people tell you tell you certain things like the chief instructor at the school said he said I didn't have the personality to be a technician and I was like maybe he's right you know I mean I was stupid to believe and buy into that but you know, well, I suppose I we proved believe. him wrong.
0: Yeah, exactly. Yeah,
1: <laughs> and um, like I was really proud of myself. Like when I finished the course, um, I didn't didn't expect anything but to pass. Like I just wanted to pass, but um, by default, I got the ducks of my class. Um, not like we had a ma- massive class; we had five people in the end, um, and I got this other award from the commanding officer officer um which is like uh because i started to help others because i didn't want to pick didn't want so many people failing because a couple of my friends failed and a couple friends left as well they gave up and i was like damn this sucks because like i'm losing my (laughs) friends from the course and stuff so i was like yeah i'm 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 starting to help people as well as well as like you know so it was sort of um it was a a good little consolation prize for having failed a couple years before I was like oh wow i've got like pretty Good recognition, too. So, yeah, um, there you go. I was like pretty happy. Um, but I guess what, what I took from that was, well, I'm not going to believe anything anyone says now because if someone says I can't do it, I'm like, well, that's like a challenge, you know. you <laughs> so, like, watch
0: me, I can't <laughs>
1: watch this, yeah. Case. So, I was like, wow, well, what can I do? What can I achieve now? You know, what can I do next? And yeah. I was always like, look looking at the next stage so
0: that's brilliant that's
1: sort of yeah Fantastic. Uh, i guess i didn't go all the way with the answer no um, you did
0: you did you did more than that <laughs> that's brilliant because it did oh, it, it, cool. the final bit of it was how did it shape you into the person you are today and i think it's made you more more driven and more determined to show people not even show people but like probably just show yourself that you can do it and prove to yourself because you like you say you don't need anyone else's approval um but yeah Yeah, take on board some of the things, but ignore some others.
1: Yeah, I was actually, like, I told myself it's okay to fail, but only if you put in everything you have. Yeah. And I was like, well, if I put everything I have, I'm not a failure. Like, (laughs) I've done done the right thing by myself. And that's sort of what I was telling myself. Um, I did sort of develop this sort of perfectionism, Um but one of the older instructors, he sort of pulled me aside and he said, mate, you know, perfectionism isn't about being perfect. It's like you'll never be perfect, <laughs> unfortunately. I don't know anyone who is. <laughs> <So> like, <laughs> well, that's the thing. Like, So he said, he really explained it really well. He just said, you know, as a perfectionist, you'll never get there and that's the problem. So you need to sort of know when to take the foot off the pedal, you know, And you sort of should do it at least once a week. Take time out yourself and recalibrate, you know. And that's what I I started to do towards the end of the course because I I realized whatever is going to happen is going to happen and I'm doing the best I can. So, yeah. So, yeah. There you go.
0: There you go. Now, I, I think yeah. you've probably seen this question, but um, I was going to say, what five words would you use to describe yourself? Like fireball questions. <laughs>
1: <laughs> uh, five words is a tough one, um, but I would just say, like, I'm uh, um, determined, hardworking, and um, Probably too serious at times, (laughs) so yeah. Especially when people meet me, they don't they they find that I'm too serious. But I'm not. I'm like I like to prank and joke around as well. But uh, it's hard to describe yourself in five words. But I know.
0: I'm sure there's more. (laughs) More than five. (laughs) This is just narrowing it down.
1: No doubt. (laughs) No doubt.
0: So so we've got motivated. What was, what was oh. the second one you said?
1: Hard working. Driven, hard
0: working and two series. So you've got that three.
1: Is that three? Oh, okay. 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 I know they're um, like three.
0: together as such. They come together, <laughs> if you know
1: what I mean. But... Oh, you know what I, what I mean. Was thinking. <laughs> <laughs> Five that. things,
0: yeah. maybe, rather than words.
1: <laughs> Five things. Mm, that's a different one, different question. Oh, um, we can leave
0: it at that. It's completely up to you.
1: We can yeah, go with that. Just we'll go with that. Motive. Yeah. We it. could
0: be here for hours. <laughs> could
1: be. Yeah, we
0: could be. <laughs> so my next question is, and I think you probably almost answered this a bit earlier on, um, but what or who inspired you or drove you into choosing your career path? I think you mentioned about your grandfather. So I'm guessing he had quite an influence.
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, you can never really uh, es- overestimate, I think, what sort of um, impact you can have on someone's life. And um, it wasn't years until years later that I realized I I found a photo of me standing in front of an aircraft when I was like, I don't know, five or six years old at at the front of Richmond Air Base in Sydney. And, um, you know, my pop died when I was 13. So it's not like he had any conversations with me about my career at that stage, you know, but I didn't realize until later. And I was like, wow, I mean, this guy either directly or indirectly has influenced me to join the air force obviously you know um so i think that i could attribute my air, aircraft career to him um but then along the way you sort of uh you develop other interests and things like that and i really i started to reverse engineer my life and i was like mm, what what's the outcome that i want you know i mean in this world of capitalism we need to not just survive but thrive, and how do we get to that life where we've reached that self-actualization? So I started searching outside of defense, and I was like, well, really, some of the business owners out there, like the, the global global elites sort of inspire me now. So, I mean, people like Dwayne The Rock Johnson, um, Robert Kiyosaki. Yeah, uh, those kind of people that you, you sort of look up to and you go, eh, I mean... Another one is Jocko, Jocko Willink. He's an ex-Navy SEAL commander. He runs Echelon Front and the Jocko podcast is really inspiring. Um, And Joe Rogan and uh, there's a few other people. There's some Aussies as well. You know, (laughs) it's not just Americans and stuff, but (laughs) it's these people you go, wow, you know, I aspire to go down that path and be like them in my own way. You know, and that's sort of, That's sort of what inspired Critical Alpha. It's like you know, you got to see it through. You know, you got to go right to the end. And if it means publishing a book, if it means publishing two, three, four, five books until people start to listen, then that's what it's going to take. But at least you do it, and then you be proud of yourself. Like just do it and put it all out there. You know, put yourself on the line. Go for it.
0: Definitely. Hundred percent. Oh, I, like, I like those. I uh, especially love The Rock. He's awesome. Definitely want to have dinner with The Rock <laughs> or go out on a night oh, out with The Rock. How cool would that be? That
1: would be pretty cool, yeah.
0: <laughs> um, what advice would you give to anyone wanting to start out in aviation and
1: defence? It's a good question um, because everyone's different, you know. I guess... I would, ask, I would always say, why do you want to get into aviation and defense? Like, what's your why first? Because some people have like they uh, have like a, an, an immediate goal is to like, oh, I want to get a job. You know, I want money, <laughs> you know, and this seems like an interesting career path. But a lot of people don't understand what you can do with that career later on. Um, and I wish I did have someone that told me what I could do beyond that because when you're young, you think about the immediate future and maybe long-term people are reassuring because they're like, oh, you're in a safe job. You know, you get to do this, you get to do that, you get paid for all this. But what's beyond that, you know, um, because there's a lot of people in defence that either get kicked out from medical reasons or they leave because uh, mm-hmm. family reasons and they don't know what's on the other side. So i always try and trying to help people think beyond that and go, like, I mean, I guess it's not advice, but it's more like helping people understand the bigger picture and helping them understand that there are pathways. If you choose the right pathway at the start, you can get to a different, uh, you know, you can open up more doors later. Yeah. As well. So, yeah. Like That's preparation probably. Yeah,
0: yeah. As to what to expect. Yeah, I
1: guess so. Something <clears throat> to think about like beyond that. Uh, I've got a cousin who's, he's, uh, he was, pursuing that career path in defense he's a engineer and um he's super smart like he my cousin um it's my cousin's son sorry and my cousin was always smart he's always been really smart um he didn't go down that tertiary career path but um his son did and he's like doing like a double degree with a masters and he's already a prominent figure in his community and he's doing all this volunteer work and He's raised, like, I think last time I caught up with him, he's raised $250,000 for different projects in in his local community, just his local community, not, not like a large community. So That's they incredible. built, like, a $50,000 skate park for the locals in Junee, which is something, like, <laughs> pretty, pretty amazing because all of these yeah. local communities don't really get any funding for that kind of stuff. So he put in the bid and he won it, and he's got a, yeah. lot, a lot to his name, and he's only, like, 20. 20 years old,
0: so I'm like,
1: man, I mean, this guy's leaps and bounds beyond he's me. You know, like he's, it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, he's doing really well. Um, so That's it's insane. it's just about um, knowing you know that person where they want to go. I mean, if he pursued pursued defense, he'd be on a very different career trajectory. So, yeah, um, Absolutely. He ended up, yeah, very good. going this route, um, which is really
0: where do you so. see yourself? For- sorry I was totally just talking over you then um I was going to say where do you see yourself progressing with your work in the future like where do you see your vision
1: um probably full-time business owner driving the bus and um basically leading a team of people probably on the in the online space but long term I would like to have a training facility as well to help Mm. people with this uh, critical alpha approach so um, critical it's alpha about... plus. <laughs> yeah it's, it's sort of um i haven't really put together what that training facility would look like or what it would involve but it's a vision you know at this stage yeah. it's sort of like it's really like about experience and help people helping people experience things make mistakes learn from them and then mm-hmm. implement you know Ways to improve, both as an individual and as a team. So it's really helpful. It, I mean, experiential training is really helpful in the aviation environment, and it's widely used in like the special forces environment, policing. But uh, in the corporate environment, we don't do simulated exercises where we're running a meeting or anything like that. So it's gonna. It's that's sort of the future vision, Um, and probably look to partner up with some other people to help facilitate that sort of approach yeah. as well. So Amazing. Yeah. Would would like to work with some of my my idols one day. Yeah. <laughs>
0: <laughs> That's brilliant. Yeah. Have you ever found it difficult to balance your work and personal life? I'm sure a lot of people probably struggle with this, but especially when you are, you know, you're you're self-employed as well. So it's hard to separate
1: yeah, I mean, my approach is uh, uh I don't say work and personal life; I just say it's life. Um, it's life balance, and it's all about uh, what I what I learned from John Maxwell is uh, life. Life is all about seasons. Um, so, you know, when you're on in the off season, you're you're relaxing, you're holidaying, things like that. Um, but when you're in the on season, it's game day every day. So That's think really about good, like right? a, a professional professional football player Um, they got the on season where they're they're at work you know I mean Kobe Bryant would be at the at the um, at the basketball court for many hours and in in very odd hours as well and so that's the on season but in the off season you can relax so it's all about seasons Um, and yeah, I would certainly refer to anyone to listen to John Maxwell's podcast to find out more about that. But that's sort of the approach I've started to adopt. Um, I have found found it difficult at times to turn off and switch off because I'm always so ambitious and, and always driven. But um, and it's important to have that balance with your relationships as well. Yeah. But um, I think that's once really... you're on, you're on. Yeah, it, it's really easy to turn it on. Like once you're on. You can just go forever. But when you're switching on and off psychologically as well, if you take too many periods off, it's hard to get back into it as well. So
0: That's so true. It's a really, really good way of thinking about it, actually. I think I will take that that bit of uh, peace with me because, uh, yeah, I find it difficult to differentiate, you know, work. And just because it is, you know, constantly on your mind. But, yeah, that's a really good way of thinking about it. Now, you thrive on helping people to become the best versions of themselves in all aspects of life, but what have you learned along the way about helping others, your own personal development, and what challenges have you faced, and how do you deal with them? Sorry to give you all of those things in one. Please feel free to separate all of those. Um, but basically, like, have yeah. you come across challenges from helping people is, is kind of what I'm getting at, really.
1: Yes, always. Yeah, there's always a challenge because um, sometimes you're <laughs> you're helping people that don't want to be helped. So um, as a con- you learn that in consulting, you're always <laughs> yeah. um, you're in a, you're there for a reason. In a, as a consultant, um, and a lot of that a lot of the time you're there because the people can't do their job or they don't know how to solve the problem that you're there to solve um, without without saying that there aren't people there that know what the problem and solution is because that's what I find often yeah. the most is there's always people that know what the problem is and no, they know what the solutions are but just the people at the top or whatever or the middle managers, they, send, yeah. they tend to hinder the progress. So that's probably the main issue I come across is like trying to help people that just don't want to change, they don't want to help, they don't want to help themselves, they're not getting paid it- enough or whatever yeah. you know
0: it probably it depends where it comes from like is it them asking for their help because if it is then they want to actually be there and they want to receive that that advice but if it's someone else forcing them to get that advice and help then yeah I can see that would be a bit real really challenging
1: yeah when I when I do take on put on that helper's hat um it's probably not what people think I don't um I don't uh always get my hands dirty it's more about helping them help themselves as well it comes down to education and mentoring coaching people and it's it's about showing the way as well helping people see the bigger picture and giving them the motivation because you're not going to be there forever um even if you're a coach if you're an executive coach you're not going to be in that person's life forever you're not going to be with them in the in the tough decision making rooms you're not going to be with them in the boardroom all the time obviously um so how does that person help themselves when you're not there you know so that's all that's what i sort of think about and i go well how can i help this person help themselves as as opposed to uh hold their hand you know and uh you know give them the give them the um motivation to really help themselves as opposed to yeah i guess the word (laughs) i'm looking for is yeah yeah, because you can't there's a fine line between helping and then you know hindering and then giving them this um this learned helplessness where they just become completely lazy because they got this consultant to do all the dirty work for them you know so there's a real balance there and uh if you can get the balance right, it helps a lot. Yeah.
0: Cool. Now I'm actually just going to throw in a surprise question for you. (laughs) Um, (laughs) It's it's not, it's not that exciting, trust me. Um, But what I had already thought of um, kind of didn't really seem relevant, but um, I was going to say who, if you had to, to cast anyone in your life, you know, an actor to play you in a movie, who would it be?
1: Oh, <laughs> cast me in my life. No,
0: as in like um, be, you would cast them <laughs> to play you.
1: Oh, look, you know, um I think it would be pretty cool to have Liam Hemsworth cast they be me. they Australian? Um,
0: oh, he's yes. Aussie, yeah. <laughs> yes, <laughs>
1: yeah, I yes love to him.
0: <laughs> Gotta love the Hemsworth. Shout yeah, out to definitely. the Hemsworths.
1: Shout out to the Hemsworth. Oh, good answer. So not <laughs> Chris then, sure.
0: Liam. Definitely, definitely, Chris, oh, definitely actually, Liam.
1: Sorry, sorry, Chris, I, I got the name wrong, not, not oh, Liam. Oh,
0: poor Liam. <laughs> sorry you just Liam. let Liam poor down. Liam. <laughs> oh, that's not fair.
1: <laughs> I got it wrong. <laughs> poor guy.
0: Also, Liam, I would like to marry Liam. That would be quite nice.
1: <laughs> Whenever you think of the Hemsworth, who, who thinks of Liam? Like, you know
0: me because he's single
1: because <laughs> oh, he's single <laughs>
0: yeah, well uh, we think it um for, for. <laughs> what is one thing you would i could talk about the hemsworths for hours anyway what is the one thing that you would say to your younger self if you were looking at like down at you not down probably down because they would be mm. much small smaller than you but your younger self like maybe your 10 year old self for example
1: um I would just say believe in yourself so that um don't... I mean, the, the thing is you come across so many different environments when you're a kid and you sort of... It's easy to question yourself and what you're doing. So I would always just have that positive reinforcement to believe in yourself and um don't listen to people that say you can't do something, you can do whatever you want. And, I mean, within reason yeah. and well, yeah, go for, you know... I mean, when Drown you're a, kid, you have such yeah. a you have such a, a large imagination, you know, and it kind of gets drowned out a mm-hmm. bit, like you say. like. And if you can hone your imagination when you're young, I think that's important. So, yeah. Brilliant.
0: Very good. Now, my five fireball questions for the final question. <laughs> I call them fireball. I don't know why I call them fireball. Um <laughs> If you were running out of a burning building, what three items would you save? I mean, I suppose you'd probably just get the hell out of there in the first place. But if there were like three things, it's it, mm. and I hope you're going to say people, <laughs> 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 because you'd be yeah. a little bit selfish if you didn't. <laughs> definitely,
1: no, it, depends it would be definitely people, um, people, <laughs> my dog, three
0: people, <laughs>
1: <laughs> my people, my dog, maybe, maybe my hard drive but that's because it's got so much on there that's like, oh, well, it would be difficult to get that back. But, you know, I guess you got the iCloud now Now that's, these that's days. That's totally too. understandable. Yeah, I guess that's so. True. But,
0: so I guess you'd have I to mean, take your phone. <laughs>
1: oh, no, just, oh, the phone's got all the passwords too, doesn't it? So it's sort of really hard. Mm. Maybe the Maybe just the phone. Yeah, maybe just the phone. <laughs>
0: <laughs> what, leave the people behind on <laughs> the dog?
1: People. No, I mean, like, the, pe- the phone is a bit of a hard drive.
0: <laughs> As in, like, possessions. Yeah, I get you. Okay. <laughs> okay. Yeah, uh, I suppose that's kind of, like, an easy question, really, isn't it? Because it's kind of obvious you would save, <laughs> save the, your loved ones. Oh. Um, if you were, well, I was going to say if you were stuck, but probably if you were sent To a desert island, because you wouldn't necessarily be stuck there and go, "Oh, what things? What things will I take?" Because you'd be stuck there and you wouldn't have any choice. But if you could Uh, choose, like someone says, right, you're now going to be stuck on a desert island for a year, or two, or three, or the rest of your life. What three? What three things would you take? And it can't be people.
1: Oh, no, people. Okay, (laughs) no Um,
0: people. You're just on your own. Number one, kind of like a castaway situation.
1: (laughs) Number one would be. A beer grills survival kit of some sort, even if mm-hmm. it's just the knife, because I know that his knife comes with survival instructions. Um, okay. Number two, some sort of container for water, because
0: mm-hmm.
1: that would help a lot, yes. Okay. Um, and pro- probably three, some sort of um, irrigation system to filter water from Ooh. the area that you're in, because... I mean, you can survive days without food, but I mean, I think it's more like hours without water—like twenty-four to forty-eight hours without, without water. So, That's really I think good. it's weeks without food, hours of with, days yeah. without water. So,
0: well, actually, I don't know if you've watched the Chris Hemsworth documentary. You probably have.
1: <laughs> oh no, I haven't seen it. No. Yeah, you must is watch it. it so
0: he he actually does fasting for four
1: days. Oh, okay. Like water.
0: interesting. I won't tell you anymore because it's it's really good. Okay,
1: better watch it. I have to see it. Yeah. <laughs> Is that on Prime? Is it Amazon? It's on Prime Disney.
0: Or? Um, National. Ooh, it's Disney. Nat Geo, but it's on Disney.
1: Okay, I'll have to mm-hmm. definitely see that. Yeah, yeah sounds good. Oh, well, that's sounds
0: good. good. Yeah, that's a really good idea. I suppose you wouldn't actually. Would you need to take any kind of warmth, like some blankets or something for the cold nights? <laughs> some leaves, some palm tree leaves.
1: Yeah, shelters. Some sort of shelter is yeah. pretty important. You can you can build shelters. So, true. I mean, true. if you're on a if you're on a rock planet or some sort of rock island with no shelter, then that, that would be a problem. You don't
0: get a choice of which, which island you have to go to, by the way. You're just stuck. True. That's all anyway, right. I don't know which island. Maybe a tent. Yeah, a tent. A tent. <laughs> friends or modern family?
1: Oh, friends is a classic. You can't say no to friends. You know, yeah. Modern family is pretty funny, though. So. Yeah, I don't um, really get I'm it. I'm not, not a big theories fan, actually, because um, – I get addicted to series really easily, so I just avoid them unless I can't, if I can't avoid it for any reason, like if my partner wants to watch <laughs> the series and I'm like, I don't want to because I'll watch the whole thing.
0: <laughs> Binge yeah.
1: it, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I have binged a couple, but I, I binged the um, Chapo series before I went to Mexico. Not a good idea. <laughs> so, I don't, I've never seen that. <laughs> it's about El Chapo, one of the most um, notorious drug lords in the world, and how he got captured and everything, and um, just not something you should watch about a country that is, you know.
0: (laughs) Yeah, just don't do it. (laughs) Mexico is
1: relatively safe when you go there, Um, but the Chapo series is like all guns and bombs and criminals, so... (laughs)
0: Yeah, I don't, I don't yeah. think that sounds like something I want to watch.
1: <laughs> it doesn't set you up <laughs> for a <No>. good trip.
0: <laughs> what is yeah. your biggest fear, probably, having watched <laughs> that, that program?
1: My biggest fear? Uh, I don't know if I have any fears as such. It's, um, maybe, like, the fear that I, I have to overcome all the time is the fear of putting yourself out there because I'm, I'm, like, always... Uh, I mean, that's just part of business. You have to put yourself out there, but it's just something you have to overcome daily. It's like uh, you have to put something out there. You have yeah. to market your product. You have to do that. So that's sort of the fear I'm overcoming lately. So sort of um, fear of what other people think, you know, but it's just something you have to deal with as a business yeah. person. That's a really good so, answer.
0: Very good answer. Yeah. And my two, well, my f- one final question is tell us two fun, unknown facts about yourself. And all your talents. Like, do you have a, like a special talent cool. that you, no one knows about? Oh, Only yeah. two okay. things. Two okay. things. <laughs> they have to be fun. Yeah, <laughs> like they can't be.
1: Have to be fun. They have Ooh, to be fun. Okay. I don't know if I'm fun. I don't, I don't think I'm fun. But
0: well, or anything, <laughs> anything. It doesn't matter. It doesn't have to be fun.
1: <laughs> yeah, I mean, funny. Probably different. Yeah, funny. <laughs> you know, funny. I mean, I'm a pretty poor gamer. I'm not very good at gaming. So mm-hmm. that's pretty funny because I love gaming, but I'm so crap at it. <laughs> uh, and number two is I know sign language. My dad is uh, he's deaf, and my brother's no deaf way. as well. So I know sign language. Not so, not incredible. really funny, but maybe more no, fun fact, I guess. Just so, un, yeah.
0: unknown, yeah. yeah. that's incredible.
1: So I wow. uh, grew up in a relatively quiet household, I guess.
0: <laughs> wow, that's yeah. amazing.
1: So, that's incredible. Maybe that's cool. why I'm like so introverted. I don't know.
0: <laughs> I've always wanted to learn sign uh-huh. language actually
1: it's it's such an easy skill to learn it's like really easy to learn but um, people just put that block up when they come across a deaf person they're like oh, I don't know what you're saying I don't know what you're trying to say I don't know mm. how to communicate with you but there's so much technology out there these days it's like very easy you can just literally ready? pull up your phone yeah. and press the speaker button and it'll go speech to text so if you want to communicate with a deaf person yeah do that it's like the nicest thing you could do to help someone feel welcome yeah. feel like they're part of a conversation um and there's that's such it's like a whole nother topic but that's the minimum you should do is to try to include a deaf person in the conversation yeah so wow,
0: that's yeah. really inspiring very good, yeah. awesome. Well, thank you very much, Aaron, for answering all those questions. I hope it wasn't too too pressurized. That's quite American, pressurized.
1: <laughs> Depressurizing. Yeah, no, that was good. Thank you, Abby. Appreciate the effort that you put into putting those questions together and um, <laughs> making it flow really well. So, yeah, you're a podcast host officially. There you go. <laughs> All the Thank way from you. Portugal. So, I know. It's insane cool.
0: the connection. Like, you know, you're in Australia. Yeah. It's
1: nighttime. Different time zones. Such a challenge. I haven't even, isn't have, it? I haven't even had a yeah. coffee yet.
0: <laughs> <laughs>
1: nah, no, it's exciting. It's exciting to see uh, where where your career is going as well with what you're doing. You. So we'll have to touch on that in future podcasts and Absolutely. Go from there. Absolutely. Tell so.
0: everyone where they can find you. Socials, website.
1: Yeah, so criticalalpha.com, and that points to all our socials. But, yeah, we've got the Real Alpha Talk podcast on Spotify and Real Alpha Talk on YouTube, Insta, and TikTok. Um, still getting used to it all. Pretty new to the socials <laughs> and putting yourself out there, doing videos and stuff. But the Scary stuff. Just sort of learning what people respond to still. And you just never know what people respond to these days. But they seem to like the real fitness type approach. Fitness yeah. seems to be a big thing. I didn't realize, but you post yeah. a video of you doing doing a bench press and you'll get like a thousand views. And then <laughs> you, you do some insightful post that you spend hours on and you'll get like six views, you know. Oh, <laughs> no, tell me about it. <laughs> How does this work? You know,
0: <laughs> it's really like, so, It is hard putting yourself out there because you're like, well, who am I trying to attract as well? And you kind of get, you get a little bit disheartened when like friends don't like things or you know don't share stuff. I'm like, I'm always bloody sharing your stuff. Will you just share one post for goodness sake? It doesn't take long.
1: Yeah, yeah. It's like it's like the weirdest thing trying to be go down that sort of route of being. I mean, I'm not trying to be an influencer. Because I just don't like the word, you know, but that route of building a following, it's sort of, it's different, very, very different, but it's a necessary, necessary if you want to succeed in any business, you need a network of people that you need to work with and customers and business partners. So that's how it works. Absolutely. Yeah. I guess what you're, what you're referring to is like people that resonate with you and how do you find them? Yeah. Yeah
0: true cool thank you very much erin and uh anyone who wants to find me uh, all my links are on abigailvoices.com and we will see you next week
1: awesome